Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. We are standing on the shoulders of giants. We are all right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer in Rogers Place, the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. We've given you the lineups. We'll circle back with a little bit more uh, specific game-related at about 150. But today is National Truth and Reconciliation Day in Canada. And as promised, uh, we are going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline for our Oilers Now headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. It just isn't the best you've ever... It is the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome to the show Saskatoon Blades assistant coach, uh, former uh, pro player in the American Hockey League and the Western Hockey League, and the second most famous man in his household. Uh, we welcome back to the show Wacy Rabbit. Hello, Wacy. It's Bob. How you doing? Bob, thank you, and I'll take the second most famous, so thank you for that. You can, <laughs> thank you for having me on. <laughs> here's here's where we need to explain uh, who you're married to and the significance of uh, of Ashley and, and all of the various... Uh, she's she's a pretty famous woman, isn't she? She's done okay for herself, and uh, she's represented our people and her family very proud, and now... Uh, yeah, I'm very proud to call her my wife. Uh, so she, she, I know that she was in-game host for the Edmonton Elks, and when you were announced with the Saskatoon Blades, I think at that time they also announced that Ashley was going to be uh, uh, a, a team sort of brand ambassador for uh, both the Blades and for the lacrosse team, uh, the Rush in Saskatoon. So, and now was she was she not in Miss Universe as well? She, I don't know. She does a lot. It's hard to keep up. But yeah, she was Mrs. Universe, and she's now, she's uh, just wrapping up a a movie that she's uh, filming on the on the island, and then she'll be at the Elks game on Saturday, and then she'll finally come home back to Saskatoon and to to myself and our dog. So we miss her, and hopefully she is having a good day. All right, uh, <laughs> I, I briefly talked uh, about um, the book uh, Unjust Society. Uh, which was written in the late 1960s and uh, and having Harold Cardinal come to our acreage uh, and, and just a pure sort of six degrees of separation moment. Uh, Robert, I've had lots of conversations over the years with Robert Blairmarin from the River Cree, and you know how invested uh, that family is. Uh, Willie Little Child is, uh, you know, the was a former MP uh, in the uh, province of Alberta, played for Coach Drake at the University of Alberta, where I worked for a number of years and have had lots of conversations and been educated. What does this day, uh, and I know this is not the only interview you're doing today, uh, Wacey, but what does this day mean to you? Um, you know, it's, it's emotional. I just spoke in front of where we have a national a truth and reconciliation panel here at SASTEL Center that I just finished speaking at in front of all the, you know, all the leadership, the survivors, our players are here and, uh, you know, all the community of Saskatoon. And I just had to acknowledge my grandparents. I wouldn't be here without them because they are residential school survivors. 
Uh, my dad's a residential school survivor. My uncles are residential school survivors. And, you know, they, they didn't tell their stories to me or to any other grandkids. And, you know, that's pretty telling. Um, you hear about, you know, the horrific stuff that they endured and the ones that didn't make it home. So it's an emotional day. And, you know, I, had a, I, I talked to my mom quite a bit and yesterday it was, it was a pretty emotional day for our family and today especially you know just keeping my late great my late grandparents in our minds and you know the ones that didn't make it home so it's it's it is about truth and reconciliation and for me i can only speak on behalf of what my family has endured yeah um speaking of enduring your journey uh, as a player you know I, it, it couldn't have been easy at stages or or were you embraced quite favorably by you know your teammates along the way to playing in the you're a really good western hockey league player you you know you you spent time in the american hockey league you played over in europe for a number of years what was that like for you uh, my minor hockey was a little bit tougher than in junior um i i you know, I tell the story of in grade two, I was playing soccer and some kids didn't want to play with me because I was quote unquote Indian and that didn't bother me. But what bothered me was two years later, I was in an Adam double A tournament in Lethbridge and a kid told me to go back to my reserve. And, you know, hockey was a safe place for me. That's where I got to be me. I loved the game. And when someone told me I didn't belong, that's what really, like, really struck me. And, you know, my coaching staff heard it, my players heard it and people just I don't think they understood what was going on and I didn't have anybody stand up for me other than my dad so I felt very alone and I think the reason why I do the stuff I do and like when it wasn't just me playing hockey it was you know opening doors for other young indigenous players that wanted to kind of come and have a safe place and you know they believe that they can do it now you look at throughout the NHL there's you know there's how many numerous indigenous players and females and our our communities not just in sports but in education and whatever it is that you know that's it's a safe spot for them and that's part of you know why I continue to do what I do, and my, my wife's a big advocate for that, for, you know, empowering our women, our Indigenous women, and, you know, just our people in general. And uh, it's important, and today is a very important uh, for, I think, for Indigenous people across the Canada. We're joined by Wacy Rabbit. He spent five seasons in the Western Hockey League, uh, four with the Saskatoon Blades, and then four years in the American uh, Hockey League. He was a draft choice of the Boston Bruins. Um when you when you got to the AHL, I mean, you're you're there, you're competing for a job. Uh, were were there were there good solid veterans that helped you along the way there when you first got there, or were because you, you mentioned maybe that some of the greater challenges were when you were younger. And I also think, frankly, that even though there's still lots to work to be done, I think people are more aware today than they were five years ago, and and they were more aware five years ago than they were twenty years ago. You know what I'm saying? I I was very you know blessed and fortunate to be drafted by the Boston Bruins and a lot of the the players that wanted in 2011 were my teammates you know um Nate Thompson who's a close friend of mine we still talk every day is someone that took me under his wing and we had like David Krejci I got to hang out with Adam McQuaid and those guys you know they they weren't just my teammates they became friends and I think that's why they were so successful that you know they take care of each other they make sure that when you come into the dressing room you fit in but you do the right things and you get treated how you know what what you put in is what you get back and I think that's how it just should be and I was I was very lucky and then every other team I've ever played on in in pro was was the exact same way uh you played in Austria uh did you play in uh, Italy as well I did. Uh, I played in Val Posteria. It's in northern Italy, kind of in um, the Alps there. 
So I, you're gonna if you want to find out where I played, you're gonna have to spin you spin a globe and just point. I probably played there. <laughs> uh, and also, I think you played in the Czech for a while. Over in Europe, what was it like? Um, it was different. I think uh, my first real experience of Europe was in Croatia. So I was, I was in Zagreb, which was in the Austrian league. And, you know, I got interviewed for probably the first two weeks. I think they were just interested in about, you know, being first nation indigenous because they've never, you know, never met someone of my background. So I had no issues, you know, answering questions. And, you know, I just, they were calling me Indian and I just said, you know, that's politically incorrect. So they, they announced on, on the league website that please do not call him Indian. And I mean, at the time, I mean, it was kind of wild, but you know, it, that's just now nobody calls them any of its first nations or it's indigenous. And, you know, they were, they were very receptive and respectful to, to, to my, my background. Rob Dom was coaching. I think that year in Linz, he's the former head coach at Alberta. And was Ryan Kanaswich on your team that year? Yeah. Kino was with us. And we actually had a lot of North Americans that were of Croatian background that got their passports. So I think probably 80% of our team was actually from Canada. A lot of, a lot of Edmonton guys. We had John Filowich, who was from Short Park and Frank Banham, who's from Kalahoo. So there was a, there was a Northern and Alberta connection in, in Croatia that year for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're joined by Wacy Rabbit, currently with the Saskatoon Blades. Now, I know Colin Priestner and Dan Tenser a bit. In fact, Dan used to do the uh, pre- and post-game show on 630 Ched uh, uh, when I was uh, doing the collar a number of years ago. And uh, uh, he's now involved in the scouting, and he's going to grind. I know that. And Colin is, a, Colin is, I'd say, he's new school when it comes to management types in the Western Hockey League. Uh, maybe you could just speak to the opportunity and your experience so far as a, an assistant coach in the WHL? Honestly, it's exceeded expectations. Uh, um, from being a player in the Western Hockey League, you know, you just know the ice and like the billet side, but to, to get behind the actual scenes and um, Colin and Mike have been nothing but great. I mean, they're so passionate about the Blades and the Western Hockey League and, you know, just being better in our community. I think that's the most important. And then obviously putting a successful show on the ice and they, whatever the coaching staffs need or whatever the players need. I mean, I, I, when I played here, the, the dressing room definitely did not look how it is. It's like an NHL dressing room. And, you know, our players are very fortunate to have that type of, you know, leadership come down. And I'm just, I'm, proud to be a blade again and i'm proud to be here it's an exciting time to be a blade for well, sure. you're you know you're a pretty exciting player uh by the way we'd be remiss without mentioning uh you did have your your brush with uh greatness uh because as i recall uh you were on a, I, I know you played for saskatoon but did you not finish up with vancouver in the memorial cup year i did so i started the year in the american hockey league i signed my nhl entry-level deal and I mentioned some of the names earlier that I was playing behind and I wasn't getting much ice time. So they asked if I wanted to go back to junior and um, with my agent, he said that, you know, it's best that you go to a contender in Saskatoon at the time. We lost a lot of players, you know, from the year before. So they weren't as strong and my rights got traded to Vancouver and they're hosting the Memorial cup. So it was kind of a, a no brainer to, to go to Vancouver and we had a great team. I just wanted to fit in and help any way I can. And, Unfortunately, we lost the Western League final to Medicine Hat in Game 7, and I think it was like double overtime, I believe, but we got him a couple of weeks later at the Memorial Cup because we were hosting. So the Western League showed well that, that, that year for sure. 
Do you know what I remember? I remember Lucic running around on one shift, and I think he hit like three guys. And the guy that fought him, I think the guy was from Edmonton. Uh, ended up step with maybe Jordan Benfeld. I, if I got, I, if I'm trying to recall, but you guys had a. I mean, that was an old school Don A tough team. Like you had Hunt was on that team. J.D. Watt was on that. The owners had Garrett Hunt in their organization for a while. You were certainly looked after in that squad, weren't you, Wasey? I was five foot nine, but definitely played and chirped like I was six foot two. So I knew <laughs> I knew uh, Milan was right behind me and had my back, and it was uh, it was fun to play with those guys. And I was only there for six months, but it felt like you know I was part of that team for five years, and that's what winning does. And that's why I'm here to to win again, and hopefully these young men get to experience what I experienced because it's very special. Uh, how I know you're involved. You just talked about the fact that you know you you, you spoke to a group today. How involved in terms of you know getting. Uh, it, kids on our respective uh, nations engaged and involved in hockey. There's lots of challenges. Uh, you know, hockey's not an inexpensive sport. Uh, and I know you do uh, some of that mentoring as well. Yeah, so I was approached a couple summers ago by uh, the Indigenous Sports Council of Alberta to be the hockey ambassador, um, which, you know, I it was an honor just to be thought of and then to ask. I never say no when people ask me to do things. And I got to, you know, start my hockey schools and, you know, I got to reach out to different communities throughout Alberta. And, um, you know, now being here in Saskatchewan and, like, we have our footprint still at home and I'm trying to do some things, which we're going to bring the blades to my home community so that they can skate with the kids in October. So, you know, I just, anything I can do, I try to. Because, you know, when I grew up, you know, the Western League might as well have been the, the NHL. Just so it's these, these young men don't realize how much of a, an impact they have on a lot of people. And I think it's important that they, you know, they understand that and they give back because well, you know, that's the most important. Now, did you grow up near what, near Lethbridge? My my reserve is the Kainai First Nation, so we're about 40 minutes just west of Lethbridge. Okay. Uh, was there anybody with, with the Hurricanes at that time that you kind of looked up to when you think back to the late, uh, I know that uh, Lupel and Bowmeister were in Medicine Hat, so they're just down the highway, but uh, was there anybody that you kind of admired as a WHL player, maybe when you first came in the league or even as a kid when you're at a younger age? I was five or six when I played my first Western Hockey League game, and there was a, a young man from the Enoch Cree Nation who was the captain of the Hurricanes. His name is Shane Peacock. Yep. And he was my favorite player, and I wore number five because of Shane, and I wanted to play hockey because of Shane because he was he looked like me. He I wanted to be like him, and if he could do it, I believe that I could do it. And that's you know I <laughs> I always let him know that. I'm sure he's whenever I get to see him, but you know he was a guy that was my hero. And he was 40 minutes away, and, you know, he was an icon to me. And I owe my hockey career to him because I wanted to be exactly like him. Wacey, as uh, as someone uh, who obviously has an Indigenous uh, background, you've, you've, you've experienced a lot during the course of your life. I'd just like to, to throw this out there. You have an opportunity to speak to our listeners right now on on why today is important and just to reiterate it from your perspective on National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Yeah, well, you know, today is not a holiday. It's a day of remembering and, you know, for the non-Indigenous person that wants to be an ally, it's about understanding. Um, it's a lot of empathy. You know, our my, my grandparents went through a lot and there's a lot of young kids, literally kids that didn't make it home. And it's, we have to heal together. And as a, as a country, you know, 
we're a great country. We have so many great things. We got great people of many different backgrounds, and we all just need to understand and you know live with a little more empathy. And I think if we walk together, that'll that'll help today's world and our and our our next generation, who's the most important. Great stuff. Continued success. Thank you for your time, Wacy. Thank you for having me on, Bob. You bet. That is Wacy Rabbit, assistant coach of the Saskatoon Blades. Obviously a community leader and a guy that uh, played five years in the WHL, won a Memorial Cup with the Vancouver Giants in 2006-07, spent parts of four seasons in the American Hockey League in the Bruins and Predators organization before an extensive minor pro career. It is 149 in Edmonton, and you are listening to Oilers Now. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And yeah, a lot of positive response to Lacey Rabbit's appearance here at Oilers. Now, uh, Robert has texted the show to say, uh, Bob, great opening segment today on uh, reconciliation. I'm just going to state that the process of reconciliation is for every Canadian to make a difference 365 days a year to fully open the doors for Indigenous healing. Progress takes time and effort to make necessary change in attitudes for future generations to work on inclusion in all aspects of healthy lifestyle. And uh, Robert adds, and uh, your, your segment referencing uh, Harold Cardle, he was the main spokesperson for the Alberta delegates at the uh, first, very large First Nation contingent that opposed Pierre Trudeau and Jean Chrétien on the white paper back in 1969-70. I referenced uh, an unjust society to open today's show. All right, uh, we got a game tonight, the Oilers and the Flames. Haji has texted the show to say, Bob, Warren Fogle looks like a player who's trying too hard and thinking too much. The results, unfortunately, a player who's out of position and chasing the game. Uh, uh, like you intimated, Fogle needs to simplify his game and offer the coaches and GM a piece of the puzzle that's missing. He needs to reinvent himself and use his size and play with a little bit of truculence and physicality. I tend to agree with your often utilized assertion regarding puppies and dogs. That's more Cam uh, Moons. However, if McLovin wants to play in the NHL, he needs to utilize his God-given size. And that one comes to us from Haji. And again, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Wacy Rabbit was our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. Uh, It just might... It just might be the best you've ever tasted. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50-plus years for a menu. And a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation is the Mediterranean Chicken. This Day in Oilers History is presented by New West Travel. We're heading to New York City in November. 
Visit NewWestTravel.com for more information. Here's Brendan Escott. Back to 1997, the Oilers signed free agent defenseman Drake Barahowski. Played 67 games for the Oilers in 97-98. Scored, uh, I don't have how many points he scored written down It's all here. good. Whoops. Whoopsie. And he had 169 he, uh, pims he over. He sure did. And then the Oilers uh, flipped him to Nashville nearly a year to the day later with uh, Greg DeVries and Eric Fichot for uh, Jim Dowd and Mikhail Stalenkov. There you go. Tonight, we'll have the uh, face-off show with Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Jack Michaels, Cam Moon, and myself. Beginning at 5.30, puck drop is at 7 p.m. Tomorrow, Cam and myself fly off to Winnipeg. The Oilers will take on the Jets at the Canada Life Center. Brendan, that is part of a doubleheader on 6.30, Chen, tomorrow. Tell us why. We've got Edmonton Elks football, and it's a matinee live from Commonwealth Stadium. Countdown show starts at 12.30, kickoff at 2 with the Montreal Alouettes in town. It's a team the Elks have beaten this year. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Christina Drapeau, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, then the 6.30 Chad afternoons with Jalen. I'll rejoin you today at 5.35. Oh, girl, you got